Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. All right, Ryan Grimm, let's get uh, get started uh, and jump right in. There is some breaking news here, uh, literally in that in that break. Uh, New York Appeals Court uh, has reinstated the gag order against Donald Trump in this uh, civil fraud trial. This is the trial in New York where he uh, is uh, accused of overinflating his net worth uh, and the value of his company, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and uh, the judge in that case has reinstated this gag order. Uh, after uh, members of the judge's staff received uh, multiple phone calls, 20 to 30 calls per day uh, to the cell phone of uh, uh, one of his uh, uh, law clerks. Uh, And so, uh, you know, Donald Trump continues to run his mouth uh, and people are being threatened as a result of that. And so this New York appeals court has reinstated the gag order against Trump. It's hard to keep the, I know it's hard to keep these cases separate. This is the case in New York, as I said, the silver fraud trial. Um, the judge in D.C., the Jack Smith case brought by the federal government about the Mar-a-Lago stuff. Uh, I mean, about the, um, about, see, I can't even do it. Keep it straight. This the, the, the case in D.C. with Judge Tanya <laughs> Chutkin. Yeah, yeah Ryan's, laughing, Ryan's laughing at me. This is the case in D.C. with Judge Tanya Chutkin, the black, the, the black judge. Um, she has a gag order against Trump, uh, in this case, uh, brought by Jack Smith. Uh, about what happened on January the sixth, though it's hard to keep track of all this. But there are at I'm least more laughing at Trump. Yeah, yeah. There, there are at least two of these cases now where they have gag orders in place, and none of this seems to stop Donald Trump. Your thoughts, Ryan Grimm? Can you imagine what would stop Donald Trump from running his mouth? Yeah. There's a there's a real question about whether or not he thinks like violating the gag order and actually going to jail for a night or two or something could actually be a spectacle mm-hmm. that works in his favor you know he loves the spectacle you know he the only thing he's tweeted since he got kicked off but then reinvited by elon musk was his mugshot mm-hmm. you know he i think he loved uh the you know the 24 7 coverage of his his plane heading to getting getting arraigned and, and you know the, the whole thing he just eats it up so i wonder if he's gonna abide by this or do you think he's starting to get some real sense of fear and and like mortality, like, wait a minute, maybe the walls are actually closing in. Mm. Uh, one thing's for sure, Ryan, I think uh, you and I agree on this. E, whatever the answer to that question is, I'm not sure I know. It's hard to get inside mm-hmm. his head. One thing I do know is that he believes that his only way out essentially is winning this election. We agree on that, do we not? Yes, he, he clearly is like the only way out is through. Mm-hmm. That, that he, it, And the timing is wild because it's like a race against the clock. And I think you know, Merrick Garland and all these others who like took so long mm-hmm. to file these charges deserve a lot of blame for this coinciding with the election. It's ridiculous. Like the crimes were committed in full view of the public, of the alleged crimes. You know, so if you're gonna charge them, just charge them and do it and and have and have it done with by the time of the election. Because now he's got that judge uh down in uh, Florida who's she seems content to just kick it That's you know, right. keep kicking it that and our justice system doesn't move quickly so yeah. you can gum it up let's 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 speaking of gumming it up let, let's monday morning quarterback here uh for, for a moment um so imagine uh let me just maybe preface it this way uh the data that i'm reading same data you're reading suggest that uh joe biden's in trouble uh we've seen all i mean all of these you know it, 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 it you know you, you can you can you can put too much stock in these polls uh and i'm i'm certainly understanding of that uh and yet Poll after poll after poll says the same thing. So there is a pattern with these polls. 
Uh, and when people like David Axelrod tell Joe Biden he ought to step aside, again, one could you know, can disagree with David Axelrod. He ain't he ain't God. But what Axelrod mm-hmm. is doing is reading all these polls that keep, you know, keep reaffirming that Joe Biden is in trouble where the election held today. We've got a year to go. I get that. But in battleground states with young people all across the board, Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden. Yet Joe Biden won't step aside. OK, we'll, we'll leave that where it is. But to your brilliant point, Ryan, if Donald Trump escapes a conviction, because the polls indicate that if he is convicted, then the numbers start to swing back to Joe Biden's direction. Mm-hmm. People, people don't people can't really walk into a polling booth. Most of us, at least, <laughs> can't walk into a polling booth and vote for somebody who just got convicted to be president. It just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah. if he's convicted, then the numbers swing back in Biden's direction. Here's my point, my question, rather, based on the point you've just made, which is if Donald Trump is successful at kicking this stuff down the road and there is no conviction prior to Election Day and he pulls off uh, as the presumptive nominee at this point, if he pulls off this election, um, how... Uh, how badly should we kick Merrick Garland and his behind and others for just dragging their feet and taking so long to get these charges uh, on the books and get these courts in the case in the first place? I mean, you you had to know that once you got into court, he was going to drag his feet and do everything he could to delay these things. So the fact that you knew you needed to get this guy convicted before election day and you didn't get there fast enough. I mean, how, how badly should we go off on Merrick Garland? I think Merrick Garland would deserve all the swift kicks yeah. at that point. There you go. Because you, you could also make an argument that it's better, it's much better for democracy mm-hmm. if you do it ahead of time. Like, I think, you know, Trump makes a fair point. That's when he says, like, it's Joe Biden's, you know, prosecuting his opponent in the middle of an election. Like, that, that is true. That is happening. And it didn't have to happen that way. It could have happened earlier. Now, it's, you know, it's also on Trump for committing all these crimes mm-hmm. <laughs> so he can't quite can't quite blame it all on joe biden but yeah this was merrick garland was kind of put into the office just as a sort of game to like own the republicans like haha look you stopped him from being on the supreme court mm-hmm. and now and now we're going to make him the attorney general when he really wasn't up to this um you know to this challenge because he's He's a man of like the, the 80s and 90s, you know, wants to be bipartisan, wants to, mm-hmm. you know, uphold the integrity of all these institutions when that's not the game that Donald Trump plays. And do you, and it was it was going to be, um, what's his name, that the, uh, the Alabama senator, Doug Jones. Mm-hmm. Do you sure. remember, I had this scoop back in the, during the transition where uh, Joe Biden met with a whole bunch of civil rights leaders on a, on a Zoom meeting. Um, uh, and somebody leaked me that zoom meeting mm-hmm. and we, we, we posted it and it, it was you know a bizarre meeting cause he's kind of just yelling at them the entire time. Um, but at one point, you know, he's, he's asked about the position of attorney general and he, he basically tells them it's, go, it's going to be somebody, um, that, that you guys are going to like a lot because it's somebody who has a lot of experience in prosecuting the Klan, prosecuting white supremacists. And every, every, every detail he gave about who he was going to name for attorney general sounded like it was going to be that guy, Doug Jones. Because mm-hmm. jo- Jones, remember, he had, he had prosecuted the Klan. He had That's basically right. torn, torn them up in Alabama. That's right. And then he, be, and then he became senator because that Roy Moore you know, completely collapsed all those, amid all those charges of like, mm-hmm. picking up 
you know, 13 year old girls at the mall, like just total creep. So he became like a, you know, fluke Senator. I think that somebody like Doug Jones would have taken it right to Trump. Mm-hmm. So like, all right, what, what's the evidence? Let's decide if the evidence is there, we're going to move forward on it. Instead, it seemed like Merrick Garland just wanted the world to kind of work this problem out for him. Mm-hmm. And, but at some point when you're high enough up there, the world's not going to work the problems out. Nope. You, you got to be the one that makes the call. Nope. I couldn't agree more. Um, I've said many times on this program that uh, Merrick Garland is an institutionalist. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. He's an institutionalist. And to your brilliant point, I believe he's in the wrong frame. He is in the wrong frame. You got to get your frame right. Uh, mm-hmm. And the frame that Trump is in, the, the frame that the country is in right now is not the frame that this institutionalist Merrick Garland is in. I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying he moved really, really slow on this. And the fact that we're yeah. in a situation now where Donald Trump even has the ability, the capacity, the possibility of extending these cases so far out that he doesn't get convicted before Election Day, which may be Joe Biden's best chance for getting reelected, uh, <laughs> is uh, that's that's a sad reality under itself, is it not? That your best chance to win is that the other guy gets convicted. <laughs> yeah, I digress on that point, but 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 Merrick Garland, Merrick, I'm agree. I agree with Ryan Grimm on this from the Intercept that if if Donald Trump pulls this off because he kicked these cases down the road, then Merrick Garland deserves all the swift kicks in his behind. Uh, that Ryan Grimm says he, um, he that he would warrant. Um, let me let me move past that now. You mentioned Elon Musk, and I'm watching my time here. I want to just ask you a question since you raised it. Um, this guy is getting I mean, stranger and weirder, if that if that's even possible. So there's, there's news today. Of course, he spoke at Deal Book in New York yesterday, uh, and he was cussing all over the place. Um, he's mad about all these advertisers. He went hard on Bob Iger at Disney. But he's mad at all these advertisers who this month are costing Twitter about $75 million in this month alone. Well, i got to call it X now, formerly Twitter. Um, they're mm-hmm. losing about $75 million this month in advertising uh, from Disney and other companies who have pulled their, pulled their advertising back because of this, uh, this post uh, that uh, Elon Musk uh, pushed out or certainly advanced days ago that many regarded as anti-Jewish. And that's mm-hmm. that's strange unto itself. But then a few days ago, after posting that, he ends up with a meeting with Bibi Netanyahu. I mean, here this guy mm-hmm. is in Israel after this yeah. post meeting with Bibi. I, I I can't I can't figure Elon Musk out, and I really can't figure out the way we handle Elon Musk, as it were. Any thoughts about that? Since you mentioned his name, and then we'll wrap our conversation talking about the extended ceasefire uh, in the Middle East. Your thoughts, Ryan Grimm? Yeah, it seemed like, and actually, my colleague at. John Schwartz over at the Intercept a couple years ago, he, he put out this wild prediction that actually came true. He said, I think the Anti-Defamation League and Jonathan Greenblatt over there and Elon Musk are going to come to a deal uh, with Twitter, which is that anti-Semitism will be allowed as long as you block out kind of support for Palestinians. Mm. As long as you are 100% in lockstep support with Israel unconditionally, then you can just let the anti-Semitism rip. Mm. And after he posted that, you know, or yeah, like you said, advanced that like blatantly anti-Semitic uh, trope mm-hmm. about, about about how I don't even want to like repeat what sure, he sure, said. Sure. And then Jonathan he, he 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 talks to Jonathan Greenblatt of the ADL, and he agrees. All right, I'm going to ban people from saying from the river to the sea, and I'm going to ban people, you know, from calling what Israel is doing genocide here on on Twitter, and I, I like to. They'll call it Twitter because as long as it's at Twitter.com, it still is. <laughs> I feel like I can get away with that. Then, I love it, yeah. And, and Greenblatt then on, on Twitter said, 
you know, I really want to applaud Elon Musk. You know, this is a real step forward. Mm-hmm. And so they, they basically made that deal. And I think then going to Israel, um, and where he, he, he dropped some like over the top rhetoric about how he need to kill everybody and then reeducate the remaining people is like, that's his kind of trade. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to apologize for the anti-Semitism, but I will be over the top in how I go after Palestinians and support Israel. Yeah. And that's the part that drives me insane because, um, there are other people who are expressing themselves in ways not nearly as anti-Semitic as what Elon Musk posted, and they're being canceled left and right. I mean, this cancel culture mm-hmm. thing is, is real. I mean, it, it, it's, 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 for me, it's a basic and fundamental mm-hmm. question, which is, can we have a conversation? Can we have a conversation about Israeli policy uh, without people being canceled for just raising significant and serious and probing questions? And I'm not sure that the jury is in on that as yet, whether we can have that uh, that civil dialogue. But here Elon Musk goes completely off. And while others are canceled for far less, he ends up with a meeting with the prime minister of Israel. I mean, I, I you yeah. know, I, I'm not naive. White guys can get away with anything. Sorry, Ryan. White guys can get away with anything. Uh, but it just it just annoys me to know him that he did that. And the reward for that was that BB granted him a meeting. I digress on that point. You've broken it down quite well, nicely. Saw, yeah, go ahead. I saw this interesting uh, speech from uh, James Baldwin mm. uh, earlier today, mm-hmm. uh, obviously you know, dug up from the archives where he was saying, uh, if a white man, a Polish man, an Irishman says, uh, give me liberty or give me death, you know, the, the white world applauds. Mm-hmm. If a black if a black man says the exact same thing, the exact same phrase, the white world fears sees a threat. <laughs> and, and you see and you see the same thing with from from the river to the sea. I had uh, Ted Cruz on my show uh, Counterpoints yesterday. Mm-hmm. and He was going off about how. People who say from the river to the sea are genocidal and they want to exterminate, you know, all the Jewish people inside Israel. And I pointed out that, well, the Likud platform, which is Benjamin Netanyahu's party platform, says from the river to the sea, there will only be Israeli sovereignty. And I asked him, well, does that mean that they are genocidal (laughs) toward Palestinians? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, like, well, of course not. Yeah. And it just goes to show. The apocalypse. Words, words take on meaning based on who says them and what power they have no, in our society. The, the, the hypocrisy is real, brother. It's as real as rain. And by the way, any right. guest quoting James Baldwin on this program is okay by me. <laughs> Quote James Baldwin anytime. I've got two minutes left. I'll give it all to you. Um, your thoughts on the extension, at least for the moment, uh, 24, 36 hours, I don't know. But the extension of this ceasefire uh, at the moment, Ryan Grimm. I'll, I'll, I'll start the uh, two minutes with a, a plug. I got a book coming out next week that's sure. actually really relevant to this uh, to this whole question. It's called The Squad. And most of the book is about how once the squad got elected in 2018, the immediate reaction was this massively funded counter-revolution put together by pro-Israel money you know, through the uh, agencies of APAC and this other organization called Democratic Majority for Israel mm-hmm. that spent the next four years spending tens of millions of dollars trying to knock the squad out of Congress, uh, calling them anti-Semitic, uh, and, and then making sure that no new critics of Israel could come into office. And so when this war broke out this time, uh, you, you had very muted criticism coming from Congress. You, yeah. you know, you've got a few p- people in there who are kind of you know, raising alarms, but in general, mm-hmm. uh, it took much longer than it otherwise would if there hadn't been this purge of, yeah. of critics of Israel in the party. But I think finally, 
the the noise got loud enough that that Biden is starting to feel pressure. He's also seeing his poll numbers. He's seeing like how are you underwater with young people yep. against Donald Trump? Like yep. you need to be winning young people eighty to twenty because mm-hmm. you're not going to win old people. Nope. Uh, and so, and I also think that the images coming out of Gaza, 1.7 plus million people displaced, disease rampant, no, no sewage treatment facilities functioning, yeah. no water treatment, not enough food, like just these absolutely like horrific conditions became too much for people to avoid. And so you I think, think we're going to keep seeing like extensions of the ceasefire. I was about to ask you, do you think I got 30 seconds? Do you think the ceasefire can hold? For any, for any significant length it'll, of time? It'll hold for a couple. It'll hold for, I, I, I would guess, a couple of weeks as they keep yeah. hashing out. And then there's going to be a, Netanyahu's going to want to level what's, what, what he hasn't leveled yet. And yeah. we'll see if the world allows that. I, I had Ryan Grimm book for the hour, uh, and the passing of uh, uh, Henry Kissinger yesterday uh, made me adjust this hour to talk to John Dean, who I see on the phone right now, uh, the former uh, White House counsel during the Nixon era. So he worked very closely with Henry Kissinger. And I want to unpack this uh, troubled legacy of Henry Kissinger in a moment here. I'm, I'm saying that, uh, Ryan, to you and my producer, Jay-Z, let's get you back next week for the full hour to talk about that book. Oh, yeah, I, want, I, want, I want to discuss the book, uh, The Squad. Uh, I, I haven't even read it yet, but I just know uh, your work, man. I'll get to it between now and next week. So we'll continue this uh, when you come back on the program, Ryan, for the hour to talk about your book and some other politics. Right, but thank you for your time to today, it. my friend. Good to have you on. All right, thank you. Talk to you later. When we come forward, the legacy of Henry Kissinger with former White House counsel John Dean on Tavis Smiley.